Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's a mean age. But it is going to be a beautiful future as long as we don't f*** it up. I'm Brian McWilliams and this is Mean Age Daydream where I bring you unfiltered comedy, criticism, philosophy and politics with a Mean Age Daydream. Welcome, everybody, to Mean Age Daydream. I am Brian McWilliams, and you are here with me, being a delightful audience, as always. I want to uh, to tell you, it is definitely going to be a little shorter episode. I have been laid out with... <laughs> I don't even know. I, I, I've just been nonstop sick. I, I've had a 104 degree fever the last couple nights. Feeling a little better today, but if you're watching on video, you can see I'm a little worse for wear. I'm not looking great. Not that I ever look fantastic, but I mean, like the bags under my eyes, the wrinkles under my eyes are brutal just from tossing and turning and sweating. I think there's more sweat in my bed sheets tonight than uh, from any time I've had sex in my entire existence. So just FYI. But thank you for joining me, guys. And reminder, Please join us at Porkfest. If you're going to be going to Porkfest upcoming in just a couple of weeks now, actually next weekend, we will be there. John and I are going, flying the Lions of Liberty banner. We're going to be doing live shows there, so check the schedule. We are sharing some space <coughs> with Free the People, with uh, Matt and Terry Kibbe, doing some joint events, doing some happy hours. I'm doing a live reading of Mean Age, or I'm sorry, of uh, Do Nothing Man, my satirical libertarian superhero character. We're also doing a very fun Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor event where we're going to be reading excerpts from Queer Werewolves Destroy Capitalism. So if you're if you're not into that, I don't know what to tell you. That's going to be a fun time. So please find us at Porkfest. We're at RV101. Come say hi, have a drink, hang out. But regardless, you can still support the show, even if it's not in person, by going to Lions of Liberty's Pride, which is available on Patreon or on Locals, patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com. Please do, guys. Please share the show. Please subscribe to the show. If you're on Rumble, if you're on YouTube, or just to the podcast, go subscribe. Promise you, you'll never regret it. Okay. So first things first, I was thinking about this in my delirium over the last few days because, as you know, many a Pride event took place over the weekends here. This being Pride Month, last weekend being the first weekend in Pride Month, there were all of the parades. And, of course, the parades means that you're not just getting the local companies, the Raytheons of the world. Of course, Raytheon had a massive presence at the the, uh, D.C. Pride Parade and I'm sure anywhere Raytheon is based because these have been co-opted. And, of course, corporations, the CIA, the FBI, everything else has really co-opted the LGBTQ movement. But I digress. The larger point I was thinking about in all this was I'm looking at these 
gay pride parades. Now, I've been to a few of them. I have nothing against, nor have any, ever had anything against uh, the gay community. And as I think I've mentioned on the show previously, uh, if you want to signify the biggest qualifier of my fondest for gay people in general, those who are not threatening to anything I'm trying to do with my life or not trying to, uh, to co-opt my, uh, my capitalism <laughs> or anything else and whatever else that you want to say that this new movement is trying to do. Well, my gay cousin and his husband are literally next in line to take care of my kids. Should anything happen to me and my wife, that is a legally binding document. Love my cousin to death and, uh, and obviously trust in him greatly because he's going to be taking my children if anything happens. So, if anything does happen immediately after this, you know that he took me out. But that being said, these pride parades, right? I've been to a couple of them. The one I went to in Palm Springs one time a few years ago before I had my kids definitely had a large fetishistic aspect to it. And I remember it was off-putting at the time because you go and you're like, okay, let's go see the pride parade. It'll be fun, you know? And I don't mind if people want to go out and dress up and, and you know, feathers and all that, like the Mummers Parade in Philadelphia, a fantastic event, fantastic outfits and costumes. Great. Go for it. I don't really care. It's fine. Celebrate pride, you know, dressing up, being fanciful. Um, that's a part of, uh, you know, not the entire gay community. There's many people out there that just dress normal and just want to be dressing normal. But, you know, the whole exuberant aspect, bright colors, you know, bright performances, singing, dancing. Great. That's fun. But there also was a large portion of this parade, which was people in leather dog costumes, you know, half naked in leather thongs and cod pieces being whipped and walked around on chains dressed as animals, basically showing off a fetish of not only puppy play, but of a slave fetish. Now, the long history of America is very anti-slave, but I guess when it comes to this aspect of it in sex play, it's perfectly okay as long as you are in the, uh, the gay community and dressed as a dog or like being peed on or whatever it might be. Now, this has become quite the trend. Not only that, but rampant nudity, which again ties into exhibitionism, which is a sexual fetish, into you know showing your genitals to people that don't want to see them, being nude in public and knowing that people are staring at you. Now, if somebody went up to a bus stop and opened their trench coat and pulled their cock out in front of a bunch of strangers, you would be arrested, presumably. But if you do it at a pride event, it's perfectly fine. Now, where is this the problem, right? Because I, you know, I'm one of those people that I don't have a problem with anybody really letting their freak flag fly in certain situations. And I feel that those situations can be in a private institution, like a bar. You know, there's a leather bar I went to in San Diego. Now, I didn't go to it for this purpose. I went in there to get a drink because it was hot out, but it was a leather bar designed to be used for people that were leather, leather fetishists. Uh, it was primarily a gay bar. Leather people would go in there. You had to wear leather. We didn't at the time because we were like, you know, there before 6 p.m. or something. But that was like a rule of the, the private bar. You go in, you had they had, you know, giant crosses you could get strapped to and whipped. And they have sex clubs for adults, right? I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. Voluntary interaction between adults is what it is. And that should be fine. I don't give a shit. But these pride parades are really showcasing this. You know, you can find a hundred videos out there of people doing pretty egregious fetishistic acts on public streets in front of thousands of people, including children. And 
I know that voluntarily most of those people are there. But at the same time, you're talking about public streets where children can be walking around without knowing what's going on here. And so you might want to rein that in a little bit, I should say. But to a larger extent, the issue I have with this is not so much even that these things are occurring and people are voluntarily going to them, but what they signify. Because what I was thinking about is how the initial conception of the gay pride parade was to bring a humanity, bring a humanizing aspect, a normalizing aspect to that culture, to that community, to the straight world. It was to say, look, we're proud of who we are. We shouldn't have to hide this anymore, but look at us. We are your friends and neighbors. It it was a, a reason to get people out in the street to say, look, I'm proud of being gay. I'm coming out here. This is, yeah, we're, we're coming out. Look how many of there are, are of us, number one. Like we have all these people. Look how many of us there are. We're proud of who we are. We shouldn't have to hide this anymore. Fantastic. And to say, we're just like you. We have families. We have loved ones. We just want to exist. We want to exchange. We want to be in commerce. We want to partake in activities just like you. We just happen to want to have a relationship with a person of the same sex. But what it has become is instead of a event that is normalizing to say, hey, people, we're just like you. You shouldn't treat us any different. Now, what it seems these have really become is exhibitions for sexual fetishes. And I'm not going to condemn the sexual fetishes on display here. People are into their kinks, right? If you like puppy play, if you like being led around on a chain and being whipped, that's fine for you to do in your own home. But when you say, we're going to bring that out in the public, we're going to try to normalize this or normalize walking around as a man with fake tits, shaking them in people's faces, that's not going to work so much to try to normalize yourself to the quote-unquote normal community. It seems like the activities that go on at Pride events now are designed to ostracize. They're designed to push away and rub in the face of normies, let's say, and I'm not even saying that necessarily is just straight people, just normal people. But the end result, similar to what I was saying about trans activists being violent and aggressive in putting a an imprint in the minds of people that are not you know, specifically on board with all of this, that these people do, you know, the, number one, that these people represent the broader spectrum of trans, right? The, the, the violent trans activists are going to turn people against transsexuals as a movement because they are the public face. They are what's getting all the attention. To a similar extent, I feel that's what's happening now with all these pride events. I mean, for Christ's sake, at the White House, they had an event where a small number of influencers, always a great idea, Joe Biden, you jackass, invite a bunch of dipshit influencers to your fucking events. But influencers for the gay community were there. And one of these people just had her tits out flopping around on the White House lawn. It's not a great look. It's not a great look. But the thing is, like I'm saying, how do you go from, hey, we're just like you. We're friends and neighbors here. We want to be accepted to, hey, fuck you. Because that's what most people who are not already on board with this, most people who are not just raving like, yes, I support this no matter what. I drink the Kool-Aid. That's what they're going to think. They're going to think that this is a massive fuck you to everything they stand for. 
That includes you know, religious people. And obviously we know that there are a lot of people in the gay community who are very anti-religious. I know there's a lot of gays out there that are very religious, by the way. But a lot of it, a lot of this community is very anti-religious because of the stance against gay marriage. The nuns of perpetual indulgence that caused such a big thing with the Dodgers being invited and disinvited. That, By the way, I think we're just honored by, I don't know if it was the White House or some other public, I think it was in San Francisco, actually. They, they publicly you know, honored these people. But dressing up as nuns and then rubbing in the faces of Catholics that are doing all these things that religion would never be a fan of. When you have these events specifically designed to shove in your face blatant sexual fetishes, you are not helping. You're not helping the cause in any fashion and is going to have a backlash. And you're seeing that play out. The same thing with these drag shows where they're sexually performing in front of kids. And people on the left will somehow defend it and say, well, drag's not inherently sexual. Yes, it fucking is. Yes, it is. That's part of the fun of drag. Part of the fun of it is that it is sexual. It is dirty. It is burlesque, essentially, with men dressing up as women and performing burlesque acts and making body jokes. And we have the videos showing that these people are, in fact, twerking and grinding in front of children. We have them putting dollar bills in their G-strings. These things are not helping. And... I mean, honestly, the fact that they have become showcases and that the gay pride people have basically rolled over to the fetishists, to the exhibitionists and said, this will be what these events are now. They will no longer be about community building and understanding, but instead will be all about the freak show, which is what, again, they have definitively become. I got to stop saying again. I keep trying to do it. (sighs) But definitely they have become the freak show. The highlights of the gay pride parade for both people that are attending and for those that had a great dislike for what's going on is the freak show. You go to see people dressed up as dogs getting whipped. You go to see the leather daddies. You go to see the people getting naked. You go to see the weirdos with parrot thongs on over their dicks, shaking them in front of the kids. That's what people go to see now. And that is going to be a problem. I promise you. And it is is surprising to me that some of these people don't realize what they're doing and the negative impact that these things can have, especially now, because before there wasn't social media where these videos were shared instantaneously and gratuitously like they are today. So even if you had a Pride event that had some aspect of this, it wasn't going to be blown up as it is today and shared everywhere within two minutes of seeing this stuff. And now it is. And that stuff has legs well beyond the legs of what's going to be an example of happily married gays raising a fantastic family in your community. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. People got to think about that. All right, that was one thing. Next thing I want to talk about here is uh, this California bill. This is just, when you talk about insanity, this is the height of insanity. 
and the psychopaths in California here. And I, and I literally just, again, talking to my wife about whether or not, whether or not we want to stay here or not. Um, because every day California is pushing us farther towards, towards getting out of here. But new California recently amended bill, AB 957 just passed California's assembly, but a, uh, uh, now it's passed on May 3rd. And the original one was basically focused on child custody and made it so that non-gender affirming parents in a custody battle would, it would harm their ability to get custody of the kids. Now that's fucked up enough in my opinion, but they made it even worse. Now this amended bill, which has been introduced in the, uh, in after hours of the California Senate. Now this is going to establish that gender affirming care would be taken into consideration should, let's say, a child go and say, hey, I want to be, you know, a boy and I'm a girl or a girl, I'm a boy, you know, whatever, whatever age they might be, they can report child abuse to California organizations to try to be removed from a home, to try to be put into alternative care, should the parents not confirm that ideology. And California courts will be given complete authority under Section 3011 of California's Family Code to remove a child from his or her parents' home if parents disapprove of LGBTQ plus ideology. This is from the Daily Signals article. By changing the definition of what constitutes health, safety, and welfare of a child, schools, churches, hospitals, and other organizations interacting with children be required to affirm gender transitions in minors by default or risk charges of abuse. And again, you can... Uh, you know, report this to a, a local school organization. It doesn't even have to be directly to California's, you know, family and, and children's services. This could be reported to a school. This could be reported to uh, a club, uh, an LGBTQ organization. And then they can in turn report child abuse. Even a doctor, because we know every, every doctor in this fucking state is all in on affirmative care. And basically will be drummed out of the medical profession if they don't. So you combine this, this gender affirmation care with everything else that's going on and being tacked on to all of this LGBTQ and the fact that there's now 72 different genders. And you've got yourself a real problem. I mean, to be honest, this reminds me of the South Park episode where children have all their parents removed because they are saying that they are sexually abusing them. Although this is far easier to claim. Because now you've got children that have been socially contagioned, right? Because these, we've seen the examples of this happen, where you've got cliques of girls, more than boys, cliques of girls, where all of a sudden, five out of seven of them are now non-binary. They're now transgender. And we know all the reasons for this. I've talked about it on the show many, many times. The fact that it's instant victim status, the fact that you're overlooked and now you have a reason to get attention. But I mean, I've called it the new goth. It's the best, best example I can think of in that these kids are legitimately crying for attention, many of whom already have underlying issues like depression. Uh, maybe, maybe it's obesity problems. Maybe it's body dysmorphia problems. Maybe it's just basic gender dysphoria. Maybe it's anxiety. A lot of them are autistic. So you've got all these underlying issues, and now you're being told by society and your teachers and your media that the easiest way to feel better and get your status, instantaneous quasi-celebrity status within the school, is by saying that you are a different gender and that your parents are evil monsters if they don't go along and confirm this. So what's going to happen? Well, especially since these kids are talking to all these other people in private. And we know that 
There's a lot of schools that flat out will not tell parents when this happens until well beyond. Well, these kids can say to anybody, well, you know, my parents, I don't think my parents would be okay with this. Okay. Well, if they say that to some, you know, teacher, some counselor, I don't think my parents are going to be okay with this. That's why I don't want them to know. Okay. Is now the teacher or counselor going to say, well, let me go and report this. And then you got to knock on your fucking door from social services, threatening to take your kid away because of something you barely even knew about. And let's say you do know about it, but your kid is clearly going through some problems and you say, I'm not going to go and put my kid on these hormones at age 14 or puberty blockers at age 14 because frankly, I think it's dangerous for them. And I think that they should probably wait it out. Oh, okay. Well, that's child abuse too. So now we're going to take your kid away from you. And then what happens? Oh, they go to foster care. That's great. You know, a lot of the kids in foster care are already identified as transgender. And you know how they end up? 50% of the California, actually more than 50% of California's penal population, the people in jail, came out of foster care. Uh, good portion of the homeless population came out of foster care. Good portion of the people that are on the lower poverty spectrum came out of foster care. So the outcome's not great. But yet California thinks that by classifying not affirming your kid's gender as child abuse, that we're somehow going to get better outcomes. This is just one more drop in the bucket of the absolutely psychotic transition that's happened within society and culture with very little oversight and very little examination outside of what's happening in the UK right now. The Tavistock Clinic was shut down. Some of the papers that are finally coming out, like from Sweden, showing that the transgender population has the exact same heightened, by the way, suicide rate for people that transition and didn't transition. So it doesn't seem like there's a big benefit to transitioning since those people kill, keep killing themselves at the same rate because, shocker, they had underlying issues the whole time. And now California just continues to push this forward. There's got to be a point, a breaking point with parents, right? You have to think that people cannot be brainwashed to this extent in a broader sense that they understand the dangers that are happening here, especially with some of the now leaking news coverage, some of the the Twitter conversations that are, thank God, happening, that they're going to say enough is enough. And I'm praying that this hasn't passed yet, by the way. This has been approved through the House, but not through the Senate, right? So it can still be stopped or maybe this is approved through a committee, but not through the Senate. It can still be stopped. I pray to God it either is or there is going to be a massive uprising. And that's what I need to see. I know if this passes, I will be out protesting. Because this is, it's gotten to a point of sickness where if you're threatening to take away your child because of what could very well be a very fleeting flirtation with gender ideology, we have reached a sickness in this society, especially in California, that's going to be hard to eradicate. <sighs> Let's give a little bit down of an episode today, guys. Too tired to make it funny. Maybe this last one we can make funny. Last couple. Uh, real quick, by the way, Joe Biden and Burisma. Um, I, there's not... I'm not going to go too much into detail on this. I'm not going to talk about the Trump indictment stuff at this point. You know, let's see what happens with that. Other people have talked about it. Uh, and... and <coughs> At this point, I just want to see what comes out more as the as the process gets pushed forward. Kind of same thing with this Joe Biden Burisma stuff, right? There's a whistleblower from, or at least not whistleblower, Chuck Grassley, Senator Chuck Grassley, had said that in a redacted FBI document, I'm starting to sweat now. I still have the sweats and the chills from this cold. Uh, 
in this redacted FBI document that there was a executive Burisma who says he has on audio both Hunter and Joe Biden negotiating for a $5 million bribe from Burisma to get this deal done. If that's the case, that's it for Joe Biden. He's out. 100%. He's out. But again, it's to be determined if that actually happens, if they actually can get this, if the guy still has it, if it's legitimate. This FBI document is now several years old. Is there going to be pressure on this guy from Joe Biden as president, Joe Biden, to magically make this disappear? You know, what, what exists in the background that can shut this guy up and make sure this audio recording never comes to light? And then what do you have? You have no real evidence other than one line in a document. So really, it's too early to see what's going to happen. I'm not going to go into a long diatribe wondering, but it certainly would be bad. Now, the thing that you could argue might speed this along is that Joe Biden has been falling over, has been doddering and just looking like a complete imbecilic jackass with no clue where he's going and absolute dementia over the past few weeks. And it just seems to be getting worse at an accelerating pace to imagine him trying to take part in a live debate as 2024 comes up to go campaigning. If he's even going to do anything like that to do interviews, which of course he never answers questions and joked about it at the press dinner, but simply to imagine him having to do any of these things in his existing state does seem far-fetched. So potentially the Democrats can use this to take him out, which was my theory. If you'll remember months ago was that, the media coverage around Hunter Biden's laptop accelerating meant that this was going to happen and that some piece of shit like, for example, Gavin Newsom might get put into that spot now with Joe Biden forced to take a step back. They'll have to solve the Kamala Harris issue, though. I don't think they let her run. I think they find another reason as well to take her out. The problem is that's two scandals taking out your current existing presidential candidate MVP. So maybe Gavin Newsom's vice president, Kamala Harris is president, and Gavin Newsom just ends up doing most of the interviews. That probably would be the most palatable solution for them. But you still have to get around the Kamala Harris problem. You still have to get around the Gavin Newsom problem, the homelessness. Again, this unbelievably aggressive transgender, we're going to steal your children from you bullshit that they're trying to push through in California. I mean, California is a weight around his neck and he can't really run on anything. Even the economics, you can't run on here because this state's got more advantages economically than anywhere. Any, they don't, almost any nation on earth. It's hard to fuck up, but Gavin Newsom's doing his damnedest. All right, last, last thing here and we'll wrap it up. Ezra Miller. Somehow, to the shock of millions, including myself, Ezra Miller has been walking the red carpet for the new Flash premiere. Now, I don't blame DC for putting out the Flash movie. I think they should. It's one of the few things that people seem to be excited about that seems to be getting good reviews. You know, they had to cancel Batwoman because it was such a flaming woke turd. And this film actually seems to be decent. And Ezra Miller is a good Fox or is a good Fox is a good Flash. The problem is he's also a complete fucking psychopath. Let me read off to you. I mean, Forbes had a timeline. <laughs> Excuse me. This is from February 13th. Here's a top line, you know, string of what's happened to him. April, April, 2020, 
Miller video surfaces of Miller appearing to choke a woman and throw her to a ground in, to, in a bar in Iceland. His representative said it's because it was a spontaneous reaction to a group of teens challenging his martial arts skills. As though that's, that makes it okay, right? Look, <laughs> you're allowed to beat the shit out of women if they challenge your martial arts skills. Everybody knows that. That's Icelandic law. Also, April, while still in Iceland, Miller invites local musicians to spend time with him at his hotel, including an 18-year-old woman who alleges Miller psychologically abused her and became fixated on her breeding capabilities. Let's go to March 2022. Miller is arrested for allegedly obstructing a highway and refusing to cooperate with police. March 28th, 2022. Arrested again in Hawaii, this time after yelling obscenities at patrons who were singing at a karaoke bar. He says he was accosted by Nazis and, uh, and accused the police of a hate crime of a, uh, a, a, of, a sorry, of referring to Miller. How did make that? I got this right. Referring to Miller, who is non-binary as sir. Now, remember that non-binary part, because I think that's why he's still around. So hate crime in Hawaii, because they call him sir when he's non-binary. A high-low couple, this is in Hawaii still. This is March 29th, by the way. The next day, files a restraining order saying that he burst into their bedroom, threatened to kill them, and stole a wallet and passport. April 19th, 2022. Miller's arrested for a second-degree assault after allegedly throwing a chair that struck a woman in the head. June 2022. The parents of Dakota Iron Eyes, 18-year-old activist and member of the Sioux Nation tribe, who has known Miller since she was 12 obtain a protective order against him for psychologically manipulating, physically intimidating, and endangering the safety and welfare of her of Dakota Iron Eyes. This is also where she apparently was with him for an extended period of time, and her parents had no idea where she was. Miller spoke of being a messiah who wanted to lead an indigenous revolution. June 10th, 2022. Mother and her 12-year-old granted a temporary harassment prevention order against Miller, who they alleged showed up to their neighbor's house wearing a bulletproof vest and acted erratically and harassed the child by touching her hips. June 23rd. Rolling Stone reports Miller had been housing a woman and her three young children at their home in Vermont in an allegedly unsafe environment for children, including accessible guns and ammunition, heavy marijuana use, unlicensed marijuana, marijuana cultivation, and uh, the mom says Miller had helped her escape an abusive relationship, but had described the environment as safe, but uh, they still took the children away from the mom for having them in that situation. I don't want to weigh in on whether or not that was just or not. Just talking about Miller here. Next, August 8th, 2022. Miller's charged with felony burglary for taking bottles of alcohol from a private Vermont residence, though the charges were dropped after Miller pled guilty to trespassing. So... That one's true. Yet all these seem like they're fucking all true. Oh, and then that that pretty much wraps it up. So you've got somebody who is violent, uh, without a doubt a criminal who has broken into multiple people's homes, a child groomer who has restraining orders against him from people's parents for confirmed incidents, You have somebody who is clearly unstable because of the numerous arrests and incidents that he has had in public places. And again, video showing instances of him violently assaulting women. And you have some, (coughs) excuse me, God damn. 
And you have somebody who is, of course, identifying as non-binary, trying to say it's a hate crime for calling him sir. So which one of these things would excuse him from being canceled? Because Jonathan Majors, as Black Twitter is pointing out today, Jonathan Majors was canceled for allegedly assaulting his girlfriend. Now, this is, I think, the second time he's been allegedly accused of assaulting somebody. Johnny Depp was accused of allegedly assaulting Amber Heard, which, of course, has played out in court and exonerated Johnny Depp because Amber Heard seems to be a completely lying, you know, monstrous psychopath in her own right. But he was canceled. Is it odd that I noticed that Ezra Miller is the non-binary one of these people? And, you know, of course, famously, you also had, uh, what's his face? Seth Rogen's buddy, uh, I'm just blanking on his name. There's in so many things. Oh, God, I can't remember his name. Good looking guy. It was in every movie with Seth Rogen forever. And of course, who Seth Rogen turned on because he's a cowardly piece of shit who had been accused of using his power to sexually harass women. Um, let's not forget that many, many other actors have been canceled for similar circumstances. And none of them had broken into people's homes, had groomed and basically run away with little girls. Uh, none of them had assaulted women on camera. None of them had done any of these things. And yet Ezra Miller's still out there. What's the difference? Is it that Ezra Miller is non-binary? Mm. I'm going to say yes. Now, this is completely unsubstantiated. This is just my theory, but I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that that non-binary token is his little suit of armor and that he's being protected because of it. And just as I was saying with these kids who all are identifying as non-binary or as trans or whatever it might be now, it is a little suit of armor for anybody that wants to claim it. And what do you have to do to claim it? Absolutely nothing. You just have to say it. It's a curious world, everybody. It's a curious world. All right. If you'd like to support people like me saying things that can get them canceled and get their careers ended, as uh, we see in society all the time today, I remind you, do please go and support the Lions of Liberty Pride. Uh, don't forget to find us at Porkfest. We will be there again, RB101, doing lots of shows. Me and Age Daydream recording live on Thursday, or I'm sorry, Friday. Our uh, Libertarians in the Living Room drinking liquor and Do Nothing Man will be Friday. And, of course, we'll do our happy hour with the uh, the Kibbies and Free the People on Friday night as well. Also a comedy show. I'm going to be doing some comedy with Lou Perez. Me and Lou right before that happy hour. So that's it, guys. Hopefully I feel all better by then. From me, Brian McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty Network, and from me and Age Daydream, keep those electric eyes on me, babe, and keep that ray gun to my head.